The Admissions Club was created as a soft place to land for students and families going through what can be a particularly stressful time in one's life, the college admissions journey. Hi, I'm your host, Elizabeth West. This podcast will feature inside information from my 10 years of college admissions experience and 25 years in higher education. Episodes are sprinkled with 80s nostalgia to connect with your students during that turbulent time we all experienced. We will learn together in fun and engaging conversations with guests who are key players in higher education and admissions, or they could be someone just like you going through the process of admissions. Whether you're a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, or a criminal, there's a spot for you in the admissions club. Hi, and welcome back to the admissions club podcast. Today, we have a wonderful guest and she's going to just calm us all down. Okay, Lori, I have Lori Riley. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor with Envision Creative Counseling. And so welcome, welcome to the club. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yay. And boy, do we ever need you because it is (laughs) well for a number of reasons, but it's admission season, you know, it's application season and admissions is stressful. Actually, the University of Georgia has dedicated their supplemental essay prompt to, there is a lot of anxiety with the admission season. Yes. So, well, I'm glad people are just, let's just put it out there. Let's, let's just, just put it out there. Accept it for what it is. Yes. Yes. So what can we do using mindfulness to help with this stressful time? Well, I think the first thing is to really get into the acceptance mindset of this is stressful, right? There's nobody doing it any better, nobody doing it, you know, you got to get in that comparison place um, and to really recognize that. And I think as the student and the parent to be able to say, you know, set out kind of maybe have a family meeting, maybe kind of sit together with the people who are supporting you through this process and say, here's what happens when I get really stressed. Here's how this, I I hope this process will go. Here's where I need some accountability from you and and I'll be accountable for the following. So I think that the first thing about mindfulness is to really understand it's a way of showing up and being rather than the doing, right? There's certainly meditation, mindfulness, that type of thing where you, you know, you imagine going in a quiet room and, and meditating for 30 minutes. That's not necessarily where you need to be. That certainly is a great practice, but being aware of, Hey, this is stressful. And what is that going to do to me? And how do I want to show up during this time? So kind of connecting to your own body and what happens when you experience stress. Yeah. And how do I want to show up? Do I want to show up a crazy frenetic mess? Or do I want to sort of bring the calm? I love that. And so this is for adults and for teenagers. And Mm -hmm. I know just speaking from my experience with my teenagers, they are very resistant to my ideas for mindfulness. So Lori, help me and help our listeners really figure out how to engage 
teenagers in mindfulness and maybe some mm-hmm. good apps that we could go to? Right. So there are a, a number of apps that I recommend and use and, and have clients who use them regularly. So there's the Calm app and there's Headspace and then there's 10% Happier. So those are kind of the big three. I recommend all of them. Uh, they have free content before you purchase. So you can kind of practice and see what works. And it's anything from 30 seconds of breathing to a 30 minute, you know, or longer uh, meditation. So it's really a way to have a touch point throughout your day. We have these computers in our hands, in our pockets, in our bags all the time. And to be able to use that to connect or disconnect from maybe the the stress and the anxiety of what's happening is a great, it's a great tool. Um, And then I think really being aware of what's happening in your own body and in your own mind and your own headspace. Because as parents, you know, we're probably, well, as, as humans, we're always spinning a story, you know, if this, then this, or we should be doing this, or I wonder what we should be doing. And it's that kind of stuff really gets us into that wasteland of just stress and anxiety all the time, constantly questioning. And so knowing, you know, this is, we, we need to be clear about what's right for us and how we're going to manage it. And I think that that makes all the difference when you're a parent, you know, when I, when I approach my children and I'm under the gun and feeling very mm-hmm. anxious, the, the experience with them is very different than when I calm my body and I right. calm my voice and I'm like, we've got this, we've got mm-hmm. this. And that's why I think you doing the job that you do, you bring that into these families and say, wait a minute, I'll be the pusher. I'll be the, I'll be the heavy here. Yeah. <laughs> but you do it with such gentleness and such encouragement. And I think you really focus on the idea that you want people connected to themselves and connected to what's right for them, the choices that are right for them. So I think that's an important piece. Oh, thank you. I, I try to do that. I want to be the soft place to land and say like, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've got this. I, yes. I've got it. If you don't feel like you've got it, I've got it. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, you know, mental health, the whole um, conversation has changed in the United States. I like where it's going, you know, in terms of removing the stigma, in terms of really understanding that getting mental health assistance is not something that means that you're sick or that Mm -hmm. you're less or so can you speak about how can we all our students and ourselves, how can we stay mentally healthy? I think you have to find what works for you in working with clients. And on my website, I really try to address this idea that, you know, that therapy is for when you can't cope anymore, or there's a crisis. And what I think is important is for people to recognize we're not really taught how to manage our emotional wellness. I mean, stress, anxiety, crises, those are all a part of life that you're going to go through those experiences and to really know yourself and to be able to know, Hey, this is, this is not what I need right now. I don't need to keep pushing. Maybe I need to retreat a little, or maybe I'm, I'm again, I'm attached to a story in my mind that I'm making true and I'm making critical. And so being able to recognize what your own patterns are and what works for you to stay mentally and emotionally well. And that could be yoga for some people. It could be running for some people. It could be sitting on the beach, listening to music. It could be just getting intentional about what those important things are for you in your life. 
I love that your practice is called Envision Creative Counseling. And I know Mm -hmm. you have a background in art. So I want to ask you, um, what do you see as, as creative counseling? For me, I was very intentional about putting that word in there because it ala- I said it will really force me into using my art therapy and expressive therapy background and to really teach people these types of skills that you can use at any point. You know, you can use it when you're sitting in traffic. You can use it when you're sitting in class. You can use it when you're laying in bed at night at three in the morning and your brain just won't shut down. So getting people to recognize, again, that that therapy is not just, uh uh-oh, I'm in a crisis, I need to go to therapy. It's more of how do I keep myself well across the lifespan? What types of behaviors do I engage in? And so I'm not talking about necessarily just the creative arts end of it, but more, you know, what is it that I'm engaging in that works for me? I'm very focused on what works for the, what's for the unique needs of the individual. And I, I love that because I really think that's important because not, I, I, that's what I do with my students as well, right? You know, uh, not everybody needs to go to X school, uh, even mm-hmm. though X right. school is on top of mind, you know, I mean, so it's individual, mm-hmm. it's customized right. and um, what kind of habits can these kids, I say kids, oh, students, what kind <laughs> of habits can students form in high school to ensure that they're on a better path in college? Mm -hmm. So it can start with something. There's a a lot of different, you know, you can go right to YouTube. I I think one practice is really around breathing and being able to, to regulate your nervous system's response to stressful situations. And sometimes you might be thinking, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden you're not fine. And so being able to get in there, taking deep breaths throughout the day, there's one particular technique where you breathe in for a count of four, you hold your breath for about seven seconds, and then you breathe out. You purse your lips as if you're breathing through a straw for eight seconds. So in for four, hold for seven, out for eight in a very slow, long exhale. And that literally sends the the signal from your brain to your body that it's okay. We have to breathe. We have to sort of deactivate from that place. There's that. And there's also really, I I ask people when they come in and work with me to really develop a scale, like a one to five. So if it's anxiety, if it's stress, if it's just feeling overwhelmed or a combination of all of those, you know, if five is like, I'm, I'm, I can't function. I'm kind of in the shutdown place. What does it look like when you, and what does it feel like in your body when you're at a one? What does a two feel like? What is a three? Because so many people will come in and say, I, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden I was at a five. That's not how it works. You have to be in touch with how that elevates throughout the day for you. And it could happen very quickly. So being able to be in touch with that is, is critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because I'll have conversations with my sister and she knows me probably better than most anybody else does. And, um, there is, there is positive anxiety and negative anxiety. Everybody thinks that negative anxiety is kind of, you know, the irritants, the irritation, but Mm -hmm. positive anxiety, I'm a 
really high energy person and I'm really, I get excited about a lot of things. And so that can stress me out too. Can you speak a little bit about that? So having positive anxiety can stress you out as well? Like, like, because you're, you're still, you're, it's still the physiological. Yes. It's still the the buzzing on a very high level. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, we need to take ourselves down from that too. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I would completely agree because the way you describe how it feels in your body, it, it sounds like it feels slightly uncomfortable. You know, while it's exciting, it's also, oh, you're, you're recognizing you're in touch with that feeling of, I might need to make an adjustment here. And whether that becomes a deep breathing practice, whether it's, you know, I referred to some, some videos on YouTube about just sort of breathing and doing mindfulness or guided meditation. And, and I'm talking a 30 second thing can really intervene. And we need anxiety as the, the human race. It is biologically necessary for us to have anxiety. So everyone has anxiety. Right. And knowing when it's outside of the baseline for you, and then knowing just a few little things you can do to intervene can be useful. Yeah. So I think I love your point. It's like, yes. I mean, a lot of times I'll tell my daughter when she's, you know, she's like, oh, I've got this big thing at school or whatever. And and she's like, I'm so anxious. I'm like, you should be. That is a thing to be anxious about. That is a thing to be a little bit nervous about and feel that in your body. And it's all going back to the middle way, right? You know, that you don't Mm want to be too high. You don't want to be too low. We just want to right sweet spot. And that sweet spot is sometimes hard to attain. It is. And we spend our days. I mean, really, if you, if you tune in and think about it, we spend our days kind of going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, this might happen. That might happen. This might happen. And, and. How do, you, how do you know what your baseline is and, and what are the things you do to get yourself back there? Yeah. And, oh, I love that. I just love that. So what is your favorite college memory? So they were talking about oh, college and what, right. is, what is your favorite? Really the friends that I made and the big friend group that I got to be a part of. We just connected on campus. We all lived on campus for about the first three years, actually, and just enjoyed the social pieces of that um, that were so fun. And just, I don't know, I felt like my life just expanded so much when I got there and I, and I started to meet all these people and, you know, I was meeting their families on the weekends. We'd go here and there and just having a great time with friends. So I really enjoyed that. And we did crazy stuff, you know, not like I could remember moving the mattresses up and down the hall to different people's rooms so we could have a big sleepover. It was being so silly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, it's just such a pivotal time. My college experience was wonderful. It was not mm. always easy. It wasn't always no. easy, but I learned so much about myself. That's why I talk about mm. it all the time. That's why I'm, oh, I know I'm, I've never left college. Um, <laughs> so you do have a college bound daughter. I know her. Yes. And so what is your best advice for struggling parents and families during this process? My first thought is really just the bite-sized chunks, you know, and, and setting yourself up, you know, she's just starting ninth grade. So it's, I feel like we've set her up for success. You know, the next step is whatever that is. And so taking off the bite-sized chunks and not letting my, my head and my, and the stories get away from me. Yes. Well, if this, then that, if this, then that it's, 
we got to stay right here in ninth grade. Right. So really pacing, pacing yourself and then getting into some of those, those stories that create the stress and anxiety. Oh, if they don't go here, if they don't do this, or if they don't take that class or grab this opportunity, then disaster. Well, not everything ends in disaster. So it's just tempering a lot of that, that stress and that anxious thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And there's more than one road. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been working with students for 25 years and I've got to say like, you know, I've seen a lot of roads and, and, and some of the roads still, still surprise me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I love that I can be that person to say, wait a minute. You know, we don't, sometimes I feel like a therapist, Lori, I, I will not right. practice I without totally a license, get it. But I, <laughs> I do feel yes. like, wait a minute, there are several roads we can take here. And it's, there's mm. not just one road to success and I've seen right. several different ways. So, yeah. So maybe I just try to, I just try to be like you. That's what I try mm-hmm. to do. <laughs> That's right. And, and help people be flexible and explore the possibilities. And I, I will tell you, I started out, I went, I did all the career sort of inventories in high school. And then I went to college set on becoming an occupational therapist. It was something I hadn't really heard of, but I knew I wanted to help people. And I thought this sounds great. I took my first biology class and thought I need to rethink. I ended up majoring in art. I had never taken an art class in my whole life. I majored in art and then I got my master's in art therapy and now I'm a a licensed clinician. So in private practice, right? So that's a very meandering kind of path. And if I had been dead set on this is what has to happen, I have to do this. I mean, I could have probably gritted my way through it, but I found such an amazing um, connection to self and to awareness and a lot of that mind-body connection in being creative and doing the art. And isn't that wonderful? So, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny. Um, I was talking with my college roommate in one of, in another episode that I did. And I was saying, you know, we, we had this vision of ourselves at 18, Right. look at us now and it's better. It's better. Yes. Than we thought. yes. Do you I feel that totally same way? feel the same way. <laughs> yes. I'm like if somebody had told me back then that, Oh, it's going to look like this. I would not have believed it. Right. <laughs> not, I could not have, I and couldn't. Thank right. goodness. Thank goodness for yes. you know, all of these, all of these twists and turns. And right. we have people like you to help us with them. Yes. So yes. Well, yeah. thank you, Lori. Thank you for coming to the club. Thank you for giving of course. A, a bit of peace. I really appreciate yes. that. You also offer some workshops that are available mm-hmm. Right. And so are they, are they available for just local people or can anybody across the country? I hold them in person in Mm -hmm. Charlotte. So if anybody can get to Charlotte, that's certainly doable. And then I do have an eight week program that really helps people who are ready to commit to the eight weeks and, and be in a pretty deep dive around dealing with stress and anxiety and kind of getting some coping skills. I offer that as well as individual therapy um, for folks, usually people who are 25 and older. Great. Oh, well, we'll put your information in our podcast notes and thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. I love it. And thank you for having me and for the service you provide, because I'm going to be needing it more than, you know, soon. (laughs)
well, I'm right here for you. You know, you know that. And I just appreciate all that you do to help people with your kind and sweet nature. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Admissions Club podcast. Be sure to check out our Admissions Club playlist on Spotify for all of those Gen X vibes. If you're looking for one-on-one coaching on the college admissions process, my company EWC Consulting can help. Email me at elizabeth at ncewc.com. Check out our website at ncewc.com or follow us on Facebook at ncewc. All of those links are in the show notes. Invite your friends to join the club. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Can't wait to see you in our next episode.